This episode of In the Word on the Go is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. The CSB strives to be both accurate and readable, with the goal of more people reading the Bible every day. I like it because whether you've grown up around the Bible or not, you can use it for deep study or for daily reading. To learn more, visit csbible.com. This is In the Word on the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word on the Go. I'm Champ Thornton, your host. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I'm welcoming Matthew Hoskinson. Matthew and his wife, Kimberly, live in Manhattan with their five children. Most recently, Matthew's been the pastor at First Baptist Church in New York City. Matthew did his doctoral work on the doctrine of salvation and has written for The Good Book Company and Particular Baptist Press. You can read his book on the assurance of salvation, which is available at Amazon, or you can read articles that he's written at his website, MatthewHoskinson.com. Matthew, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Jim. Good to be here. So what passage do you have for us today? Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. It reads like this. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So, Matthew, if you were to put this verse into your own words, a paraphrase, what would that sound like? It would sound like this. The man that God lovingly created, he placed in a perfect environment, indeed a perfect temple where he would serve as a priest. So, there's lots of questions that even just your paraphrase raises in my mind. But before we get there, why did you pick this verse? Is there some significance with this verse in you? In 2017, my sister passed away after a long bout with cancer. And as she was dying and then after she passed, it forced me back to fundamental questions about who we are, um, why we're here, and what God's purposes are for all of this. So I ended up spending a lot of time in the first two chapters of Genesis and then preached uh, a series of sermons from these chapters about what it means to be human. This verse in particular seems to summarize one aspect of that that has been richly meaningful for me. So Matthew, as you've thought about this verse deeply and in a very personal way, what aspects of the verse has the Lord brought to your attention that you just mentioned? The the, the thing that really struck me about this verse are are the verbs at the end of it, to work it and take care of it. Right. Those, I I think I'd always, uh, I've, I've been a believer since I was a child, so I've known the story here as long as as I can remember. Sure. But when I dived in to study this verse in particular, I realized that this coupling of verbs, work and take care of, as the NIV has it translated, appear together in one other very significant place in the Old Testament, and really in one other and only one other place in the Old Testament, and that is in the setting up of the tabernacle of worship and speaking of the work of the Levitical priests in uh, the tabernacle. Hmm. That they, the priests were there to work and take care of it. Same Hebrew verb, sometimes translated differently uh, in English for us, but the fact that the author of Genesis 2 Uh, Moses is writing this incredible description of the Garden of Eden 
at the very time when the, Levit the Levitical system is being set up and the tabernacle is being built, uh, it, it's not a coincidence here that Moses is using these same two verbs and putting them together in this context when he is showing this massive illustration of what it means to be priest is uh, through the tabernacle system. So that's why when you paraphrased this verse, you said the garden was like a temple. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean for us if we're living in this world? I mean, is the world still a temple? What What's the point of that for us today? Yeah, so the... The point of it, uh, and obviously, you know, chapter three comes quickly on the heels, uh, so things are going to get messed up royally real fast. Right. Um, but but fundamentally, what is a temple but the place on earth where the divine and the human meet? Hmm. And here is God walking in the cool of this garden. And what is Adam's responsibility as a priest but to mediate God's presence when he's not walking in the cool of the garden. Because his presence is, as you know, in some sense everywhere and then in some sense localized. And after the fall, with the introduction of sin, Adam and Eve are expelled from the garden. They're expelled from this temple. They're, they're barred from direct access to God's presence. And then you have God appearing in what seemed to us to be rather random appearances to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And it isn't until the tabernacle that the story of the temple starts rolling again, that God is going to make a way for broken, sinful people to re-enter God's presence. And so there's the tabernacle, and then later there's Solomon's temple. And then, of course, that temple is destroyed in God's judgment because the people aren't even keeping that covenant. The temple is rebuilt under Ezra, and still the people are weeping because it's not as great as the last one. And right. And the, the temple story throughout the Hebrew scriptures is one of access offered but not provided. Hmm. And then you come to Jesus, who stunned his listeners in John chapter 2, when he was shown the glories of that earthly temple, and he said, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. And they didn't understand what he meant. It took us however many years to build this thing. But John tells us he was speaking of the temple of his own body. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the story of the temple that was lost and broken at the beginning finds its culmination and fulfillment in Jesus, the true intersection of the divine and human. And, and what does he do? He lives the life we fail to live. He dies the death we should have died. He rises again to create a new humanity, to, to restore us in God's image. And as Paul tells us repeatedly, now we are the temple, right? Like we, mm. the church, are the place, uh, the, the, the people in whom the divine and human meet, not because we are little gods, but because the spirit indwells us. And all of the, this whole temple story is going to culminate in the new heavens and the new earth when not just when we go up to heaven, but when heaven comes down to that new heaven and new earth and God's mm -hmm. presence will be here and will be here forever. So yes, it does infuse our lives with this sense of wonder of God restoring what was lost in the garden. Uh, mm -hmm. It certainly restores our sense of what the church is and can be in terms of our fellowship with one another, mediating God's presence to one another. But then it also infuses our, our daily life in this still broken world with a sense of the future of what God is going to do and that we can view our labors not just as working through my to-do list or running a bunch of errands, but of, of consciously bearing God's presence as his priest wherever we go. The implications are enormous. Sometimes, right, it's easy to think that the church is just this 
addition to the real world that God's made, you know, sort of the the nice spiritual icing on top of the cake. But the reality is, as you're saying it, the church is the culmination of everything the world was meant to be, or at least that's what God's intention for the church is. Mm-hmm. Right. So Matthew, if you were explaining this verse to your kids, you've got some younger aged children still at home, what would that sound like? How would you do that? I would say that the Garden of Eden was not just an idyllic paradise, though it was that, but it was the first temple, first place on planet Earth where the divine and the human met and all was good and all was right. And all of Adam and Eve's labors were a reflection of God's loving care and God's loving rule. And all of their labors were an opportunity to mediate God's presence to one another and to the creation around them. And that is what we were. It's not what is, but it is what's coming when heaven comes down to earth. And so we hope for a full restoration that as Jesus has risen from the dead, so too the whole creation will, as it were, rise from the dead, from the death of of this curse. And we're, we're part of that story. So what's a good question that listeners could think about, about this verse, or that families, if they're in the car together, they could discuss after this episode's over? The question that I've been asking myself from this verse is this, where is God calling me to be present? Hmm. Because I, I am I am mediating God's presence wherever I go because the Spirit is with me. Hmm. Whether I'm conscious of that is another matter. But I am mediating God's presence wherever I go because He's with me. So, where is that? Where is God calling me to be present? Yeah, so we're asking, where today can I be more mindful of the fact that I am, as you said, being an instrument in the hand of God because I have his spirit. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's a great question. So Matthew, would you close our time by praying this verse for us? Father, as you took the man and put him in that perfect temple, so you have taken us who believe and united us to Jesus, the true and greater temple. And by virtue of our union with him, we now are your temple. That's what you've told us. And we are here, at least in part, to bring your presence wherever our feet take us and help us to see where you've called us to be present so that you, the invisible one, might have a form, as it were. And we pray that through our words and our deeds, people might come to know Jesus, the true temple, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. This episode is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.